0: Rangers and residents of angel grove welcome to the sentai truther club i am your host grav and with me is my lovely comrade kennedy
1: hey 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 what's up everybody and today we have a good friend of the pod ada thank you for coming on hey
0: thanks
2: for having me so ada what's going on on your side of the world Huh. I'm sitting here in Atlanta in my house. I'm going to be joining the overall Not Safe Pod network sometime next year, um, early next year in January. And I got asked if I wanted to watch some Power Rangers episodes, which I have not done since I was a kid and I VHS recorded the old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It was extremely my shit. That and Sailor Moon. I was a complicated kid, but loved it and then just lost the thread of all the various... yeah, lost the third of all the seasons and spinoffs and other series and um, didn't even realize until today it was actually Power Rangers in space, uh, which was pretty exciting, uh, at least until I started watching them. Um, but some parts were still exciting. I don't know. I need to calibrate my uh, respect of the series to where you both are at, I guess.
0: <laughs> People seem to be miffed about why space is so good. <laughs>
1: But it's definitely, I mean, there's an aspect of Stockholm Syndrome to it. I won't deny that. Like, we, we've we just suffered through Turbo, which was terrible. Zeo, which was mixed. Mighty Morphin, which was all over the place as well. So, just the fact that this is a competent TV show all the way through, it's really doing, it's for really doing something okay. for us.
2: Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, okay, you can kick me off now. This going to be a very short segment. But, like, I just need to get this out of my head and make sure I'm not, like, I, I am I am somewhat grounded in reality here. We're not calling this like actually great television, right? We're calling it like we're comparing it to the overall average highs and lows of the Power Rangers series specifically, right? Yeah. I thought yeah, that this definitely. is pure it's,
0: Kino. I don't know what you guys are talking about.
1: <laughs> I mean we do we do talk about like the cinematic aspects of Power Rangers, such as it relates to like being a work that occasionally deserves like a little bit of merit particular like moments episodes like things that they do you know because like obviously any any show can have like a really great episode with fantastic storytelling and like that should be acknowledged but yeah i would say like you know when we say that an episode of the power rangers is a 10 out of 10 we don't mean that it was breaking bad good
2: right okay <laughs> i didn't think so but i just needed to make sure my opinion it of that breaking like, bad well, isn't yeah, a that's... 10
0: out of 10 that's for sure
2: but it means that you're sitting there like hell yeah that's power rangers that was a power i did a I did a power rangers just now like anything that can make you feel like yes power rangers okay we'll call that good i i
0: am in a completely different camp uh i when you started the show i would hope so when a power rangers does a 22 minute episode of their version of armageddon I'm going to be like, you know what? I'd rather watch that than rewatch Armageddon.
2: <laughs> sure. Fair. Yeah. But or...
1: that's, that's the thing. That's, I would say that that's true. Like Power Rangers. Yes, I'm saying like it doesn't rate against necessarily the same. against like extremely high prestige television. But I would say that Power Rangers fares well against a lot of other action properties, even ones that are taken much more seriously.
0: Yeah,
2: and I'm I, just saying the, the rating was Y7. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I gotta say, like, I've known to be controversial in my opinions because I've I've been introduced to Star Trek in, like, some of the worst ways imaginable. But I would rather watch- I'm much more interested in watching, like, something like In Space than 90s Star Trek, I think. I think part of it, too, is just, like, okay, Power Rangers is doing their own spin on Star Trek. But we still get, like, Power Ranger stuff, which is, like, giant kaiju fights and uh, really cool yeah, like, action sequences. Yeah, that part is
2: cool. You know? There's a, uh, you know, they're they're hovering around in this spaceship that can go pretty much anywhere. It's scanning the galaxy looking for Zordon, I guess. That much I picked up. Um, but whenever they need to, they can just, like, load themselves into that little photon torpedo chute and uh, blast on down to Earth. It's very, like, Dragon Ball Z. It's, like... Ah, oh, we're fighting on this faraway planet, but like it's right over there. And when we need to, we can be like right over here. Wow,
0: this architecture looks so weird compared to Earth.
2: <laughs> it's um, just an electrical gas. It's like Modesto, planet. California. <laughs> I'll I'll
1: chime in with the third opinion here, which is that I'm like the meta watcher. So I think the best thing to do is to watch this and 90s Star Trek. Because ninety Star Trek is also pretty darn good in my opinion. In fact, I think Deep Space Nine is one of the best television shows ever made, potentially. I think that it's cool to, like, see the ways in which Power Rangers in space was kind of trying to, like, take their own spin on that. It, particularly, like, when it was having like a heyday, so to speak. It's almost like Star Trek kind of has like in the same way that comic books have like a gold and silver era or something. Sure. It's like Star Trek is kind of like that. And like the, the 90s silver era was like a big deal for Star Trek. It, it really brought it to a lot of prominence. It was a very popular franchise in general. And so like, I think it's interesting to look at something like this, which is like this kids show that was looking at that show and saying, can we yeah. be like the popular show? Can we be, like, the coolest There is something that you
2: said for taking a really, like, morally complex and interesting property and basically making it a Funko Pop. It's like, all right, this is, like, the same shape of this storyline and characters and all these things, but, like, we've just shrunk it. We've chibi-fied it. It's it's Sephiroth and Smash for
1: Star Trek. And then the funny thing is, is that when you do that, it tends to leave a little bit of essence of that higher thinking property around the edges. And it's for the better here for this show. It really is.
0: I'm going to take it one step further. I think this is the actual realization of what they wanted Power Rangers to be. Because for a while now, we've seen that when they do their original stuff, like uh, the movies, for example, like Turbo Movie and Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, the movie, they keep trying to emulate... Star Wars or other contemporaries of of American sci-fi. So now they're just like, okay, we get it, we get it now. Let's do it. And then this is what they were able to come up with: this mishmash of many different elements of American sci-fi. Because you even get like elements of Silver Surfer in this. True. You know. True. Uh, Yeah. I noticed a little bit of that. Yeah. So it's like you get the the realization of like American sci-fi mixed with. Japanese tokusatsu, and it's
2: you know, the it's things, damn
0: near yeah. perfect.
2: I really respect people who can make me reconsider things that I'd be normally willing to write off. And like, I love you know, I love things that are so bad they're good. Like that's not at all. I'm not being a snob here, but just like, I appreciate uh, the two minds here at work who are like, all right, let us dig so deeply. Into something that we cannot help but break through the mantle and reach all the molten gold, high thought, uh, artistry at the core of this show. That's so what probably do that with a lot of things if we dug hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, you can. But I
1: think uh, power range is a particular appeal to me because, like Grav was saying, like there's a a, a particular blend, and this season nails it perfectly like american sci-fi and japanese tokusatsu put
2: together here that is really unique so tell me at this point are they still like bringing in japanese footage from old shows or are they making new old footage let me tell you they're still doing it to this day
1: 100 percent.
2: yep Wait, no, I mean, like, so original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was, like, taking an older show that was not American and putting American actors in all the parts where they weren't in suits. Are they still doing that? Were they doing that with Power Rangers in space? Is all of this, like, back catalog from some other show?
1: Yeah, it's all... So the thing is, is that actually they followed, especially once they got going, they started following the Sentai series pretty closely and just working with Toei Somewhat directly, and even occasionally having Toei just make footage for them, like
2: okay, okay.
1: Um, uh, so, so they, so they would buy these are
2: premium authentic replicas.
1: So, like, so Toei makes these Super Sentai series. Saban comes along, buys the footage for the last season, the rights to reuse it in this manner, buys like costumes and stuff, and then also like works with Toei directly to like like smooth out the rough edges especially as it goes and like gets more popular and like i said they're still doing that to this day that is still how wow. the power rangers is made and it's funny because sometimes you can tell especially in the newest power rangers that they film entire episodes without using sentai footage and it's almost like they're just doing it
2: as a gimmick now you know but like they still do it <laughs> what a strange uh, symbiotic quasi-parasocial kind of relationship with an entire media franchise. Well, and
1: then the 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 strangest part about it is that even though Super Sentai is its own thing that even has its own sort of like spin-offs and like larger world of like content that it's a part of, Power Rangers is, is the single most possi- popular Sentai series of them all. So like, right. the entire relationship of these things is really strange because the entire idea and culture of sentai shows is a Japanese thing. And there's like shows like common Rider* that are also like a type of sentai show in effect and stuff like that are like, you know, so it's like, there's a whole, there's a whole spectrum of that stuff out there in Japan. But then ironically, the most popular sentai show in the world became power Rangers. So there's like, I quietly think they're getting the
2: better end of the deal. Yeah. (laughs) yeah so this starts us off with i
0: guess in the in the timeline of in space the first
2: okay hold on ada powers yeah what
1: is your general relationship to the power rangers
2: um well as i said i was super big into mighty Morphin power rangers um i watched it around the like green ranger white ranger era um that was a fun little arc i asked for a lot of the megazord toys for christmas um, and played with them until they broke, although they were fairly durable for those kinds of toys. Um, and then, I don't know, aged out of it until I clearly aged back into it. But it was a long period there. Um, the aging back end started yesterday, I suppose. Yeah, so like, nostalgia, yep. sure, but not like, you know, I can put critical lenses on it now. It's like, okay, the Black Ranger's black, the a- Yellow Ranger's Asian, that's kind of fucked up um pink (laughs) rangers pink etc etc and i can look at power rangers in space and be like oh they very strategically swapped some of them in a way which seems like they were just trying not to do the thing they did before but now it feels so obvious that it's almost like the thing they did before um so i can't take that part of my brain off um but yeah i remembered it i i know it i have some context um i know who zordon is and i have no idea why they're looking for him in space but that's about right, Matt.
1: But no no rewatching until until coming on this show as an adult?
2: No. No. That's you, great. You have a you have a, a fresh a tabula rasa here.
1: Yeah. All right, I had to get that out of the way, Grav. Yeah, I no hope you worries. Forgive me.
2: <laughs> so
0: so I guess starting off for our favorite picks, now Kennedy and I agreed. We basically colluded. This this uh, this particular episode of of Quid Pro
2: Quo, (laughs) because reducing the workload a bit. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, but we were gonna pick different episodes. But basically, I was like, Kennedy, we know it in our hearts to be true that three episodes are the best episodes that stand above the rest, (laughs) and that was Never Stop Searching, TJ's Identity Crisis. And always a chance. So I was like, if we agree on one of my two picks, we can do all three. And then we could just leave that as our favorites. And Kennedy was like, yeah, I like it. Uh, So we did that for this one. And then for the worst picks, uh, we both agreed that uh, the one featuring the most amount of footage with Justin in it is always going to be the worst episode. (laughs) Also, the fact that. that Yeah, I mean, also the fact that Turbo, like the Turbo Ranger, specifically the worst part of Turbo, was being juxtaposed with in space made it look even worse. So, yeah, uh, we definitely agreed there with True Blue. But starting off, we begin with Never Stop Searching, an episode that honestly has been lingering in my head uh, rent-free for since we watched it actually.
1: This one is both really fun on a surface level, but also we're the Sentai Truther Club, so of course we conspire about things that we think might be true about the Power Rangers a lot too. There's a subtext to this episode. There is a subtext to this episode. <laughs> tell me about the subtext. So before we go I into the just subtext with the text.
0: I, I just want to say, Carlos was originally supposed to be in a relationship with Ashley, and then they dropped it. They were like, no, 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 let's not do that. Uh, so it never made it odd screen. So they completely took away a romance option uh, Wait, from Carlos. Wait, is Ashley the, the Red
2: Ranger or the Yellow Ranger?
0: Uh, the Yellow Ranger. Okay. Carlos was going to be uh, the Red Ranger in Turbo
1: originally. Okay. Uh, and then they got TJ they, instead. They made the right choice. I mean, sorry, I love Carlos, but yeah, TJ as the Red Ranger was like he did the Red Ranger this season too. That's one of my only critiques. Like we'll get into that in the the recap, but like TJ is a is a fucking champ. Yeah, I think it would have been <laughs>
0: TJ's interesting. The Blue
2: Ranger in this, right?
0: Yes, yeah. correct. Okay. I think Carlos and TJ just were just. Oh man, so, so good this season Uh, But The Carlos stuff The Carlos stuff this season was just incredible And it starts here It never stops searching Kennedy, what happens in this episode?
1: I just want to say up front Before I get into any recaps That Grav and I binge watched A lot of In Space Together Just point blank And my notes are not as good (laughs) As they are sometimes, <laughs> because we were just like getting Bog. high and watching shit, and yeah, we were out. out. So, like, forgive me if like my recaps are like a little sloppier than they might be otherwise for this season. Honestly, I was just—it's funny because it's like my recaps are the best when the show is average, when the show is bad, or when the show is really good. <laughs> then my notes get sloppier. <laughs> <laughs> Never stop searching. Starts off with andros is really caught up in his feelings he is watching like a this it's not clear if it's like a video or like a memory that he's somehow like viewing or something maybe because it looks like like,
2: a tiny cd-rom he's just re-traumatizing himself with like a tiny shiny nella wafer yeah it's not clear if it is
1: a video how he would have acquired this video so it feels kind of like maybe he extracted it from his mind or something almost i don't know that's just speculation though
2: because the um, camera's just there. Like this shit goes down and the camera angle is just like, oh, guess this kid's leaving. Yeah. Um, and so basically
1: like he's just rewatching the footage of his sister being kidnapped when they're children. Trying to like maybe like get some information from it or otherwise I don't know, just re traumatize himself, like you said. It's and Carlos basically,
0: he's just he's just remembering his mission. He's like, I know I've got to save Zordon, but I also have got to, like, prioritize my sister. Finding what happened to her.
1: It's, it's clear that this is just something that consumes him, is basically, like, the impression that we're getting. You know, this is something that, like, Andros just can't be, like, calm and settled and normal in part because of this consuming obsession. This unresolved grief for the unknown fate of his sister.
0: Right, well, yeah, and then you can't like get your head in the game. Well, yeah, it's up to Carlos to prevent Andros from taking over the Lilat system.
2: Whoa, wait! <laughs> <laughs> I know he's psychic because he like force pulls a towel to himself, and I guess like as a kid, he and his sister were like pushing that toy around. He's like pushing a plastic toy around with his mind, and they're just like ha ha ha, ha we're psychic ha, ha ha ha, bounce, bounce, bounce. Um, so I gather that he's, like, not quite human or, like, really powerful quasi-human. He's No, he's a human. I, he's but, human. Uh, okay. He's just,
0: like, from a different planet.
1: And on that planet, they learn to unlock the latent psionic potential in all humans, which Andrus claims that he could give pointers to to Ashley in one episode.
0: Anyway. It is, unfortunately, okay. a uh, libertarian uh society hell world though because it's like everyone's bottom right mm. and so like the power rangers have to like help convert them to the left as they introduce <laughs> themselves and it's yeah. th- it, and one of the big leaps is this episode never stop searching because carlos overhears andros taking or uh, talking about his sister
1: Yeah, staying up late, watching the footage of his sister and being sad. And Carlos is clearly moved by this right away. You can tell that, like, Carlos is like, oh, like, this is, this is, this is a thing. That
2: fucking sucks.
1: Yeah. Like, this is really a big deal. And just absorbs that right away, uh, which will be important pretty soon. So you can tell especially that this is like this is affecting carlos because like the very next thing after the credits is just like carlos i remember this distinctly carlos just like laying in bed looking real sad (laughs) like like he he sees andros out there on the bridge doing this and he just goes to bed and just lays down like ah my buddy i'm so sad i'm so sad didn't even is sleep my well, heart he is my things. heart is aching. Like it's just like it's really emotional. Andros is like as kind of is both the usual now and just stays the usual a lot throughout the season, is sort of just like scheming a little bit towards like maybe maybe doing a little searching.
2: Not being really fully totally honest and not really accepting help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He
0: and doesn't the computer... believe in he doesn't believe in mental mental health care.
1: The computer, of course, is always the voice of reason when Andrus is, like, about to run off and do something stupid and, like, tries to talk him out of it, but he's not having it.
0: Yeah, like, why would I see a therapist when I have Decca already nagging me all the time?
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where he, he runs off for the second time and instructs the AI to be quiet. And then they're, uh, you know, asking the AI, like, where did our friend go? And you can just feel the silence you can feel this ai being conflicted with like uh oh, he told first law uh second law uh, he told me not to tell but th- he's in trouble it was actually pretty good this
1: is the pretty emotional storytelling like there's 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 some interesting themes here and i like that Andros running off and being this hot headed i go my own way leader although it is the plot that is a little bit like like goes on a little past where you might think it should in terms of like the overall season arc it is always treated as this thing that is like it's not good this is a character flaw yeah and, i do like they're teaching
2: uh, yeah. kids you can't and shouldn't do it all yourself
1: yeah it really helps enforce a lot of like the moral messages about teamwork and doing things together that the power rangers emphasizes a lot that i think are really cool
2: bring uh, another property into it but i also appreciate that about dreamworks uh she-ra Princess of power like yeah. she-ra is constantly like burning herself out and they're like stop trying to she's like no but i must i like when those themes come up because that's a really hard thing to kick like i'm still yeah. trying to kick it so the start them young
1: the first season and a half of in particular of she-ra really focuses on like she-ra just like realizing that like just because she's like the big deal like glowy changey princess of with all the power it seems doesn't mean that like she could do anything by herself more or less you know (laughs) right and yeah I, i love that and the power rangers teaches a similar theme a lot where like it really enforces this idea that like um you need you need your friends you need your teammates you need your comrades and that like everybody every comrade will eventually like be the one to like save the day because that's how having like a group of friends with different skills and abilities and ideas and things
2: tends to work out. And like that's the... Our entire concept as yeah. heroes is built around integrating our shit together to be stronger than we were individually. Yeah. Uh, and I love
1: that. To me, it beats the hell out of the, the lone wolf hero. I know I harp about this on this show a little bit, and the listeners are probably like, yeah, yeah, Kennedy. But it, to me, this just really speaks a lot more. So anyway... Um, the next thing that happens is that Bulk and Skull exist, and then Andros goes down to Earth <laughs> to go or some planet, not Earth. Sorry, a, a spooky KR-35? planet thirty five home
2: colony. Kr thirty
1: five, I believe, right? It, it was it was it Ko thirty five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right because I was like, it's really weird looking, but I remember now the explanation. But right, so just drives them through in the night. I'm actually skipping over quite a lot by just ignoring Bulk and Skull, but they suck this season mostly. Like, it's okay, (laughs) comedic relief, but I don't want to talk about it that much. It's not as bad as the season where they were detectives. I'll give it that. Uh, Yeah, Andros goes down to his home planet, KO-35, looking for some clues. As soon as he gets there, he notices that the area he's beamed down in is kind of fucked up and, like, abandoned-seeming, and, like, that things seem like not right and off here right away in the meantime we get a quick shot of ecliptor that like of him watching coron slash astronomer sleep it just basically helps to keep enforcing that like yes like these ecliptor and darkonda stole her and turned her into the villain that she is
2: oh yeah. Wow, okay. Because mm-hmm. I saw Astronomer in later episodes. I didn't even realize that was Andros's sister who has been converted, like, raised by wolves into a bad villain. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that sucks. Yep. Yeah,
1: that's a whole plot. That's a whole plot. And the mid-season plot twist around it, honestly, very good in my opinion. There's one more really good shot when Andros takes off for KO-35 there's a shot of Carlos sleeping and then out his little window, yeah. like little space window, you see the, the silver surfer streak
2: of Andros. Honestly, if you told me that the subtext that was taken out was that Carlos loves Andros, I would have believed that. Like, no problem. That's,
1: that's exactly. There's one line in particular that sells this subtext really hard. It is definitely something that we're reading in a little bit. But, like, my gosh, it is, the subtext is there, folks. Because, like, it really seems... And also, we'll get into this a little more in the season review maybe than now. But, like, Carlos kind of just reads as gay in general. I'm just going to say it.
2: He kind of does, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just just the way he's written and stuff this season, we'll get into it. But anyway, so Carlos gets up in the morning, and this is where that moment of subtext really comes in. He's up last. Everybody else is already having breakfast, and Carlos comes in. Oh, let me get some breakfast. He's like, "Where's Andros?" And uh, everyone's like, "Mmm." Uh. And TJ goes, uh-huh. "We thought he'd be with you." Uh uh-huh. oh, Carlos yeah. just got up. Carlos uh-huh. just got up. He was like, uh-huh. "If anyone,
0: if <laughs> anyone who'd know where he would be, it would be you." And I was just like.
2: That's why. Whoa! Why didn't sleep well? He was sleeping alone. Yeah. He woke up and he was like, "Ah, who made these things?" Like, ah, he he like, because he was—he sleeps there every night. Why now?
1: Andrews didn't come to bed. Ah, uh, I love uh, it. Wow. I'm gonna check. I want to check the line because I just want to be 100 percent sure. Literally, TJ says, "I thought he'd be with you." Now you could interpret this as something like, "Well, they have schedules on the ship, and they were t- uh, Carlos and l- fucking Andros are supposed to be on the bridge together at this time, or some." B- fuck that! No, come on, come on, not, not,
0: not be when real. Just oh, you, wake be real. Not when you just wake up. Be real, not when you just wake up. Carlos
1: laying in bed, looking sad, alone, with Andros taking off with the silver surfer board into space in the background. And like all this, the emotional subtext is clear. Yes. All yeah.
2: Yes. Also, um, well, I like that they have replicators in this because they're like, mm, almost tastes like bacon and eggs. Like they're just eating replicated food and it's no big deal. This is some advanced. I want to know whose ship is that? He's like, who made this ship? And Zordon like, made the why? Ship. Zordon made the ship. Okay. And the why? Well, lie- he probably hasn't had a body in a long time. I the can't expect
1: is because this ship is a part of zordon's master plan something he's apparently been holding out on this whole time
2: <laughs> is zordon like a secret fascist so they have to like defeat zordon in the end just tell me that now
1: no zordon's sort a, a a a liberal who leans closest to like a command economy type mindset. He
2: fancies himself a philosopher
1: king. But is it I have the giant world? head tell what <laughs> you need? I feel like he's like the Teddy
0: Roosevelt of political compasses. There's like you could put like a Zordon action in every quadrant. Yeah,
1: you could. He has he has that energy.
2: <laughs> like bottom right um, is letting Justin weird. be I'm a, a like ranger. It. Um, this is the only way I can get into shows like this now. By the way, is if I can like do leftist shitposty analysis on it. It's I'm great. all my hemispheres together.
1: Bottom left would be when Zordon is like, way back when in like season two or three. Look, this is your parents, Rangers. You have to make the call.
2: <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> if you guys want to keep continuing to be Rangers, that's fine. But we're we don't we don't need you to keep going. We could just find someone new. It's okay. Yeah, Zordon, Zordon <laughs> has his moments of, like, every single quadrant
1: or whatever. For sure, for sure. So the the rangers realize that Andros has gone somewhere. Um, and Deka even says, they asked Dekka, did Andros leave? And Dekka's like, well, he was supposed to be back by now. I was like, <laughs> I was like the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I realized
2: was smart AI. Like, that's, uh, I don't know, that's an answer for sure. Deca's
1: approaching singularity, Kennedy. I first Deca seems like
2: already reached singularity. Did you ever? Did you ever go rampant? Rise. I feel like every show with an AI has an episode where the AI goes rampant. This
1: is another. This is another like emotional subtext moment. So then Carlos is like, "I'm gonna go down and look for Andros," and the rest of the Rangers are like, "We'll come too." And Carlos is like, "No." let me let me just handle this basically like this is emotion
2: this is emotional stuff and it should be let me give him some space space, which means only i'm not a people i'm his people i can go i don't count
1: yeah i don't count i i don't take spoons
0: (laughs) so car so carlos like the way he describes it to the other rangers of the situation it's like very fast paced like he's like very stressed and very passionate about everything that he's saying. Like, he's like, you know, explaining Andros' situation very rapidly. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go right now. Don't worry about it. And then just, like, yeets right out of there. Just, like, launches himself right Boom. out of that ship. Boom. And this moment, wild. Like, this is my favorite scene. It's why it's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes.
1: Yeah, so things start to get pretty crazy. So Andrus runs into Ecliptor down on the surface. Ecliptor, of course, being a very bad guy, a recurring bad guy lieutenant for this season, and honestly, just a really cool character. Ada, what did you think of Ecliptor's design? I'm just curious.
2: Um, Definitely very 90s uh, cyber-like. You know, that place they're hanging out is, like, halfway, like a green wireframe. There's that scene where we're seeing um, her, like, his sister, lying down. And you see this, like, big, like, giant claw. And you expect this, like, big thing at the end of it. But it's, like, this kind of svelte, polygonal kind of villain. Like, kind of a uh, svelte, kind of streamlined, but also very, very powerful. And not really, like, body horror, organic kind of villain like a lot of uh villains of these kinds of shows are so yeah like all right good you know four out of five i love this villain design i think i would
0: i I wouldn't give it like a five but i'd give it like a four and a half out of five
1: one of the coolest looking villains this season and you'd love that he's not a one-off but instead that this cool design you get to see in many episodes
0: (laughs) So, this exists in the timeline where Vegeta goes, Frieza, I've become what you fear most a Super (laughs) Saiyan. And you know how, like, when Vegeta tries to become a Super Saiyan and, like, it unleashes the 3D cyber grid? And then he's like, ah, and he starts seeing the sparks or whatever and the flashes, and he's not really a super saiyan. Well, what if he actually did become a super saiyan and it looked like Eclipter? That'd be dope as fuck. Also, he has a Super Saiyan sword as well. That'd be hella dope. Also, he's like Ecliptor like straight up acts and sounds like Vegeta. Like it's definitely like
1: a play on that. They had Pretty to have
2: daunting, known.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely there was a a nod to the archetype of Vegeta there, very much so in, in many respects, and you gotta like it, honestly. Ecliptor and Andrus get into a pretty good fight. It's a little it's a little crazy. Ecliptor's head comes off at one
2: point and flies around. Yeah, that was wild. Makes like two head <laughs> puns in five seconds. The head Heads puns! Win, tails the, you head, lose. P- the head puns were really good, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, they crack like me you know up he has to do this all the
2: time which means he never gets tired of those puns yeah absolutely
1: and it's just kind of like it's a fight where there there seems to be like an element of like illusion going on a lot and then that comes in a way to a height when suddenly carlos breaks through time and space to join the fucking fight halfway or three-quarters of the way through. It's like we've had several minutes of Andrus trying to hold his own against Ecliptor and, like, it going medium. And then there's this absolutely bonkers effect where just from out of, like, literally just, like, out of nowhere... Just, like, breaking through, almost like he's breaking through the fourth wall in a way or something.
2: What's up, guys?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, it is
0: insane. So, we've seen before, when we've seen scenes like this where they jump through the tunnels and they, like, phase beam out of there with their own lights and stuff. When they arrive, typically they'll arrive, like, you know, in their, like, energy form, energy ball form with the light and then pop in. Or they'll arrive with the surfer boards uh, going down, going through space into into the planet, right? But no, Carlos, like, was just like, you guys aren't fast enough. I can't get there fast (laughs) enough to save Andros. So, like, that means he went through the tunnel, phase-beamed himself, and just said, no, this isn't fast enough still. And, like, just completely broke through time and space to save Andros insane moment
2: like, ass kicked.
0: well yeah just, i mean they're just now this, getting used to their powers like this is like episode five which in this
2: context you can see it's like a noble sacrifice like yeah i'll take the hit for you yep, yep. and then andrews is just like i'm on this mega special mission to save my sister like the fate of my sister could depend on it but i gotta drop everything i gotta abort and bring carlos back to the sick bay
1: right well because what's the first no thing question. that carlos does further solidifying where carlos priorities are uh at least in this episode carlos sees this fight going on and just jumps in the way of a deadly blast immediately like Insane. does not hesitate no hesitation i will say that like at this point it seems like it seems like there's an aspect of the morphing grid that kind of allows you to do like I don't know, like, wild magic or something. Like, you can just make things happen sometimes, but, like, it's not always easy. But it just seems like, in that moment, like, Carlos was so emotional and, like, tapped in and, like, willing to, like, put himself on the line that, like, he could just sort of make any any ability happen, and it wouldn't have seemed it wouldn't have seemed that crazy in context. like, you gotta roll a willpower
2: check, and at that point he was just rolling 20s.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) It was insane It was insane I like that moment You know we talk about power levels Sometimes in this show and like how the power levels Increase and increase between the seasons Never have the Rangers been ever able to do that They've been able to teleport or whatever Using like turning into a ball of energy and Going you know At insane speeds everywhere But uh, never have they Been able to break through time and space to uh, drop in on a fight and shield the homie from dying. That was, that was just an incredible moment. And even the fight with Ecliptor was also really good too. So, you know, the tactical retreat by Andros and him realizing like, hey, wait, I'm a part of a team. We are fighting for a greater cause here. Like I need to right. get my priorities straight until I've got valid information where I can't just like go willy-nilly into a potential trap. So he learns from this lesson. Of course, 30,
2: lesson. Seconds later, 30 seconds later, he forgets that lesson and then goes willy-nilly back down to fight Ecliptor, who has now grown even bigger. He's, like, suddenly giant, just waiting for him, just, like, right back down to the same spot, and there Ecliptor is. And Carlos is, like, in the in the med bay. He is, yeah. He's
1: laid up. He's hurting, you know? And um, that's when the
2: Rether Rangers are, like, AI, computer, <laughs> and the computer's quiet. They're like, fuck, his keys are gone. You gotta go get they, him. They do say yeah. something
1: like about the fact that Andros clearly hasn't accepted it yet when they're like having that right. conversation in the med bay. It's like Andros is upset. He's regretful, but he isn't willing to say, I, w- I won't do it again. You know, right. and it's kind yep. of like it's actually kind of a good metaphor for like addiction or something, you know, where like mm. people, you know, who get trapped into different kinds of addictive cycles. Well, I'm not necessarily talking about like hardcore addiction here, but just any kind of addiction. No, like
2: martyrdom as an identity. Who am I? I'm right. not ready to sacrifice everything. I'm not ready yeah. to figure out who I am besides the person who will throw their life away for the things I care about, even in non-strategic ways.
1: But also just that right. just, just that thing that Andrews does a lot this season where he just is like, you know, I he, he's regretful, he's sorry he's he's sorry that he hurt people he's sorry for all these things but he can't say that he'll never do it again you know right it's a good it's a good representation of a flawed character really in a lot of ways so andrew gets in over his head with giant ecliptor and the rest of the rangers realize oh fuck (laughs) and they go down but carlos is still in the med bay (laughs) so it's just four rangers at first and they're not sure what they're gonna do but then who is it coming running down the hallway? Still clearly a little injured, but suited up and ready. It's Carlos. Just limping right?
2: along. It's like, ah, 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 ah. Not without me. Yeah. They form
1: the Megazord. They win the fight. Or no, they don't actually. They shoot. No, and they don't. Happened, right? Yeah. This is the I love they, this. Point. Oh,
2: I love this. They, all, they do a Care Bear stare with their guns. It does absolutely nothing because the guy is like a giant Kaiju at this point. And then they like... Call so okay, old Power Rangers. I was excited to see Alpha. I was like, okay, I guess the computer has replaced the Alpha droid. Because I love that little like ay ay, ay 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 And I guess, like, all right, different character, not quite so silly. Um, but it's just chilling up there in the spaceship and they're like, hey, we need backup. And then this robot, like, okay, pushes a button, and this fucking like beam comes down. They just like nuke the bad guy from orbit, just orbital cannon him, and that just like immediately takes care of him giant ecliptor
1: yeah alpha like, runs they, around there ship helping out this season
0: yeah alpha actually Still? did quite a bit of things this season and yeah. uh, this is just one of them in the ways that they he was able to help out it's pretty sick i like it all in all though i think one of the best parts about this episode is that they use the footage because in mega ranger the black ranger was the leader so mm-hmm. you know, they have their color mm-hmm. archetypes here in America, but in Japan oh. they play, they switch it up more. So in this season, like Carlos gets a lot of shine because of that fact. And it's pretty awesome the way they played it out with uh, Carlos. Carlos ripping through time and space to save Andros. Woo
1: Like that was just like incredible. And then it ends on a pretty happy note, just in terms of like there's kind of a sweet scene of Carlos and Andros making up. Yeah. Yeah, in the locker room. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the next episode we have as part of our favorites, and this one Kennedy and I shared, which was TJ's identity crisis. Now, yes. I would like to remind everyone that TJ is the best actor, consistently on ter- in terms of like on screen performance. Uh, I feel like his acting chops have. Really elevated above anything we could have ever seen into, like, quite honestly becoming the best Blue Ranger. Better than Billy, which is something that, like, I never thought I would say. But also makes sense because I love TJ as a Blue Ranger when I was a kid. Yeah. So, uh, seeing more of him, he finally gets his Shine episode. And I thought that they were going to do the thing where they go, oh, let's introduce this, like, minute character flaw that we accentuate for an episode. Just to have, like, some shine or character development given to TJ for the sake of character development. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that here. They didn't need to do that. Because TJ's fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: they... They, they made Amnesia.
1: Yeah, they went with a, 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 a bit of a different direction, and it, I think it worked out well. Things start out with... Uh, they're hanging out on the holodeck, playing basketball. And I have to say, those matching... Color coordinated Power oh. Rangers track suits. They Bunking. are ready to
2: record an okay go music video. I loved it.
1: <laughs> I had to I had to respect those those basketball tracksuits, which is one of the only reasons I'm even mentioning that in particular. But then they hear that there's uh there's trouble.
2: There's a scene where they're like playing, and then you know, clearly playing basketball games that only Power Rangers can play. Andros, no, TJ is like. Hey, I got remember the special play, and Andros is like, Yeah, and then TJ freaking boosts Andros up. No, Andros boosts TJ up into a like somersaulting dunk, and then the game clearly wins the game. And at the very end, I think Pink Ranger they're walking away, and they're just like, Ha ha ha, and Pink Ranger, like, ha, ha, two points, and that just made me laugh. It was just like, Ha, ha, ha two points, <laughs> but then yes, they get the call for help. Well, TJ, it's, like, oh, it's not a call does... for help. sorry.
0: The, the the big part about the basketball stuff was like TJ working with Andros uh to make uh-huh. sure that there's like a pretty excellent dunk that happens. So like that's a big part. It'll like basically showing Andros, hey, it's okay to trust me.
2: Like we're here to help. Mm. Yeah. We can Which make secret not- moves that win us the, the company basketball game.
1: hmm The thing about TJ is in, in Turbo, he became the new Red Ranger. I mean so he was the leader of the team when they meet Andros. Basically, like when TJ shows, like when they meet Andros and they like decide that they're gonna kind of combine teams, TJ is like instantly fine with like I'll be the Blue Ranger, no big deal. Like he never he never says anything about like not being the Red Ranger anymore. But then, like realistically, there's kind of this co leadership thing going on, and like just TJ trying to get Andros to just listen to him and trust him is definitely a theme.
0: What did you guys think about some of those scenes with like Darkonda? What did you guys think about Darkonda interacting with, like, Astronema?
1: I thought that was really cool. I um, think
0: Darkonda, in general, is a really good character design. Very nightmarish.
1: Yeah, he's a spooky character. Ecliptor's cooler looking, but you're comparing to, you know, something that's
2: hard to yeah, beat. Kind but of sense. Like, They're like the yeah. the, the Zerg and Protoss designs, almost.
1: Yeah, and yet they don't look like... They don't look like they couldn't have been made in the same place somehow, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're very opposite, but they also have, like, just enough when they look like they're standing right next to each other. They look kind of like they belong in the same place somehow. It's a, It's a really good set of designs.
0: Yeah, I think it plays up the whole alien aspect, right? That everybody's from different worlds and has these, like, crazy different origins. Yeah, And like the fact that you could get A design like Ecliptor and Darkonda And in general be okay With it like not think that it breaks Like the immersion at all With the universe is pretty sick And in this episode We see Darkonda Unleashing a trap for the Rangers and it's pretty Cool because this is only episode Like 15 and We're getting into some like Crazy shit that we've never seen before because Darkonda ends up taking, ends up fusing with Ecliptor.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to backtrack just a tiny bit because I kind of misspoke before. So yeah, they don't get an immediate distress signal. What it is is that they they arrive at a planet where they're they have some kind of like scientific equipment, basically the satellite and stuff, and they're trying to collect data. This is gonna, like, increase, like, their ability to, like, look around in space by having this satellite down on this planet and, like, look for stuff like looking for Zordon and things.
0: Yes. So, like... They were pretty um, much about to discover where Zordon was with that one satellite. And Darkonda was basically stressing to Astronoma, Yo, you let, ecl- you let uh, this happen. And this was under Ecliptor's watch, trying to stir up trouble.
1: Yeah, this is one of the first times we really see Darkonda like meddling a lot and of course as the season goes we learn that dark really like meddles a lot um <laughs> but like this is one of the first times we really see him just sort of like he's scheming against the rangers he's scheming against ecliptor he's kind of low-key scheming against everyone you know yeah um so they set up this satellite on this particular alien world um, that just looks like some really barren part of Colorado. And um <laughs> like uh, uh, that's like, again, like this this is going to like give them all kinds of information and ability to like look for Zordon and look for other things and like stop stuff. So this is a big deal. Dark Honda makes a big deal out of it. but then, and like they find Dark Specter's ship, but they don't pinpoint it. Darkonda and Ecliptor are, like, trying to, like, do something about it, and initially they're kind of fighting about what to do a little bit, but then they agree, they destroy the satellite, and the rangers are like, oh, fuck, our satellite, they beam down, and sure enough, like, it's Darkonda and Ecliptor, or no, rather, it's Dark Darkcliptor, it's... Clipconda. It's uh, what do you, what do we call this fusion? It's dark,
0: it's dark clipter. But I will say, uh, <laughs> this, this fusion also looks really cool. I realized who Darkonda reminds me of, which is Gaunter Odim from The Witcher 3, who plays as like the uh, the devil character, so to speak. And Darkonda kind of gives off that vibes of, like, you don't really know the machinations that he's going through or doing, but you realize that it's all for his gain at the end of the day. So never trust him. And he plays up that devil character
2: really Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Fusion was not, like, a uh, mutually consented-to fusion. Darkonda was just like, I'm just going to take you. I'm just going to, like, integrate. I'm going to pull some cell... Uh, shit on you and pull you in and I'm gonna get your power and don't worry like you're safe in there. We're acting as if we're one entity, but really like I initiated the process. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was a backstabbing move.
1: Yeah, Dark Conda does that kind of thing a few times and it's really it's really an interesting, it's very like it's it's really diabolical to do that to somebody that you're theoretically working with. <laughs> yeah for sure. Like
0: to great success too, because Dark Clifter um, owns the Rangers.
1: Yeah, so Dark Clifter owns the shit out of the Rangers. Capturing them in, like, magic cages and beating the crap out of them and stuff. Andros and TJ get away. And- TJ but-
0: specifically had to, like, keep telling Andros, hey, we need to go. And Andros kept wanting to fight. And it- TJ literally had to, like, take a blow to the head. A yeah. huge blow to the head. Before, they were- before Andros was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's bounce. I'm not I forget right I'm not the only One here going on a suicidal
1: mission Right there's other people involved now So then TJ wakes up in the med Bay except he doesn't Know who TJ is He doesn't know who Dark Lifter is He doesn't know who the Power Rangers Are Um, TJ Has
0: amnesia and let me Tell you something if it wasn't for TJ's Acting skills there Is no way That this episode could have been sold (laughs) To me <clears throat> like, TJ plays off having amnesia pretty well here.
1: Yeah, the facial expressions and stuff, like, put some props on this, because, like, he really, like, he's looking around very confused. He's he's doing a good job of imitating that lack of recognition in his eyes when he's looking at Andros and stuff like that. Like, it's just on every level really good. In the meantime, Dark Cliptor has the other three rangers imprisoned in these, like, cages where they're just frozen it seems so like shit's fucked up you know what this episode just... reminds me of that Jason episode
0: uh, he had to go save Tommy and he blamed himself for Tommy losing his power and then all the rangers get captured yeah and so it's up to it's up to Jason to like make everything right and set everything right and he ends up doing it uh, and it's like his like best episode ever this is like TJ's equivalent as a as a blue ranger I feel Because TJ goes hard in the paint, Uh, even under amnesia, and he's not necessarily trusting of Andros, he still knows that it's just like, hey, although I might be precautious about this, it's still the right thing to do. And that's within TJ's
1: character, too. So
0: the fact that he was able to sell us this performance, I think is incredible.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I loved it. Darklypter is just kind of like lording over his victory astronomer shows up she's like dark clip or, or dark honda what the hell is going on here and dark honda right away is like ecliptor attacked me and i absorbed his powers to d- defend myself like
0: <laughs> yeah and she buys Don't it worry, her okay, in it. my body
1: like, it's some, like, stand-my-ground fucking bullshit. Just, like, no, just, like, a non-excuse of just, like, uh, I, I, I felt vaguely threatened by Ecliptor, so I just absorbed him into my body without his consent. <laughs> it's fine. And astronomer's like, all right. Astronema got the silver wig in this episode, by the way. Very, very interesting.
0: She very changes her hair. wigs, like, every couple of episodes for a while. Yeah. But then
2: later, Andromeda's like, okay, uh, you two are now the same rank, so, like, don't do that again. Basically, like, stop picking on your little brother. He's also an adult, by my declaration. Don't absorb him into your body. Work together. I hate you.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Ecliptor's like, uh, so uh, there's not going to be any restorative justice. Cool.
1: Just don't do it again. <laughs> so Andros is trying to, like, get tj's memory back in the meantime tj's like wandering around the ship he goes to the bridge he's looking at stuff but he's confused as fuck um andros is like we have to fucking we have to get our friends back we have to do something and tj's like what are you talking about what friends do what like get out of my face i don't know what you're talking about um and uh andros tries to to, like, jar TJ's memory in particular by transforming into the Red Ranger in front of him to be like, look, we're Power Rangers. This is this is what we do. We turn into Power Rangers. We go do stuff. TJ's like,
2: uh, no, nope, not like, really
1: doing anything for me. It was kind of weird, nope. actually. He's like, you can I do too. He's like,
2: ah, no, why would I do that? Nah. Andros and goes I'm,
0: off to face Dark Clifter by
1: alone. himself. Yes. Yeah, because he doesn't know what else to do. Well, really quick first, I just want to say, like, okay. the. The fight between Andros and Dark Clipter, pretty good. Like there's like it's not that long, but there's like this really good little like sword fight between them. Right.
0: Well, um, the Red Ranger is essentially the Silver Surfer, right? Maybe not as powerful as the Silver Surfer, but definitely has demonstrated that the Red Ranger can solo tank, like. Quite a bit of villains at a time. The power level of the Red Ranger is just exceedingly high compared to the rest, except maybe Carlos at this point. And TJ is out here like, dude, with the morphing grid, I can do anything as well. The sword fighting between Dark Clipter and Red Ranger, you would think that Red Ranger would get stomped. But it could also be one of those things where, like, Darkonda absorbs Cliptor and it's like, ah, I've gotta do body. And it's that whole, like, Goku head-ass thing where it's all like, oh, well, you haven't trained enough on, on this new body to unlock the power level, so you're just leaking power everywhere.
1: <laughs> so it could be seen as one I of those buy as well. I that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's like the Goten situation where you can't... You, like, tanks is very powerful, but only after he trains as Gotenks some
0: yeah for sure for sure like the golden frieza thing right uh right <laughs> yeah
1: so like i finally trained for the first time
0: <laughs> Unlocked this new form got too excited and went off to go
1: face off against my opponent immediately so ada you mentioned it what happens
2: to tj though he is back in that spaceship alone it's like all right there's uh okay i guess i'm in space uh uh, there's Power Ranger stuff happening. I saw those aliens. I don't want to fight them. He's walking down the hallway, and then that basketball from the basketball game earlier in the episode is just chilling there. They forgot to put it away. And he looks down, and suddenly he's hearing voices. He's seeing visions. He This is what's bringing his memories back. Not his, not his duty. Not his uh, identity as a Power Ranger or his friend being a Power Ranger. I didn't do it, but his pals. Like, just doing regular hanging out, being pal stuff. That's what brought him back. So it doesn't fully bring his memories back, but he's like, all right, all right, these are at least people I care about. These are people I want to like, I got to help. I don't know how to be a Blue Ranger yet again, but I got to help. And somehow he figures out how to get down there. Uh, He comes down already as a Blue Ranger, I guess. I forget if he comes down. No, he comes down just as him. He's not even in a suit. He's just like, all right, uh, he he went this way. I'm going to come down there. Um, He comes down there and he's like, whoa, ah shit's going down and then he yeah. remembers he has that watch and then gotta, he turns into the Blue Ranger so he's I get to
1: emphasize really quick too that like TJ like you were kind of saying like it's not the it's not like he picks up the basketball and he starts thinking about basketball and like that's in particular the thing but it's just the act of playing basketball with his friends and it really emphasizes that yeah. it. it's like the camaraderie and the friendship like that's this memory of that friendship all he has to go on basically and he's like looking at this photo of them together and he's like oh I yeah he opens know. his locker yeah and there's just like this cute little photo of them together it almost could even be like a cast photo or something you know <laughs> like they're just yeah. wearing regular clothes and hanging out tj's like i don't really know what's going on yet like you say but he beams down anyway and that's like this really like just speaks to the core of TJ's character and why he's just such an upstanding and wonderful and lovable character this season. He, he knows really... there's danger
2: down there. Yeah. He doesn't even know what he's gonna do when he gets there, but he knows he has to go. He knows he has the power
0: to at least help prevent atrocities from happening, and he will do whatever it takes. And like that's like been his main prerogative for like two seasons now. And it, it plays out really well every time.
1: Yeah, it's really great. Like I said, it just kind of like it speaks to the core of his character because it's just like even when he doesn't have his memory, that part of him that's remaining is still just like morally upstanding and like believes in like certain kinds of things. And that's fundamental and it doesn't, it doesn't rely on him remembering everything about himself.
2: Yeah.
0: And he joins in on the fight. With Andros, after a bit of fighting happens, TJ ends up remembering his friends and getting all of his memories back. And so he does this, like, juke move with Andros to defeat Darkonda.
2: Yeah, it's Yeah, like that scene where he's like, ah, you're you're here, you're back. And he's like, yep. And I remember the play. And they're like, oh, shit, we're going to do the
1: thing again.
0: (laughs) So can you describe this play, Kennedy?
1: They're like they're facing off with Dark there, and they start running towards them with TJ in the front, holding both of their weapons. So he's got the, the like drill sword and the axe, and then he throws them in the air, and Dark is like, "What? The the sword and the axe are in the air," and he looks up, and then the next thing he knows, and then I started TJ blasting. starts blasting. <laughs> <laughs> It's just this, it's just this maximum confusion play through this, like, surprise attack play. It causes Dark Clifter to split. And, uh, much like how Gotenks only can do certain moves and only has certain powers as Gotenks, and, like, Trunks can't just do that shit, some, some of that shit on his own. As soon as, uh, Darkonda and Ecliptor... Sp- the Carbon uh- just disappeared. Yeah, the 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 cage magic is gone because Darkclipter made that, not Darkonda or Eclipter. And then uh, Darkonda and Eclipter are understandably like on weird terms after that. And Astronema <laughs> is just like, I'm ge- I'm getting I'm getting these fucking idiots off of that planet. Or sorry, no, make Darkonda big first. Yeah, so
0: they make Darkonda big. My bad. No, 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 you're good. So, Darkata essentially uh, fuses with Ecliptor again, and then goes, uh-uh-uh, we're, get- we're fusing, we're going to go big, alright? That's how we're going to beat the Rangers. <laughs> Ecliptor's still not giving consent, Darkata's like, nope, it's happening, and then fuses together, goes giant, and they face off against each other. This time we're treated to the,
1: this is the Delta Zord power-up. And you know, um, yeah, it's the Megazord with the extra Delta Zord chunks, yeah, with the
0: the gats on the top, and it just starts firing, and they, uh, Darkonda will like split into two to make a or take all of the damage, and then refuse, and I'm like, at this point, you might as well just stay unfused. <laughs>
1: like, it's very, it's very fucked.
0: Yeah. They realize it obviously and give up and report to Astronomer. Astronomer does the whole lib shit of saying, Hey, you guys are both wrong. And uh, it's like, you guys need to treat each I other better care and be who friends. Started it. <laughs> it's like, I did even give consent for this shit and I'm getting blamed for it. Awful, um, man. Yeah, just like, great, just a great episode. Honestly, if TJ was even a smidge worse, this episode could have not pulled it off, but it did. TJ, like, really excelled through the roof here. And, like, honestly, even from the get-go, TJ is blue. TJ's like, you know what? Yeah, I am a Blue Ranger. And he still manages to be this, like, leader character as a Redwood with all the benefits of also being a Blue Ranger so, like, he doesn't hog all of the screen time. The Red Ranger is essentially the sixth Ranger now. As, like, that lone wolf mm-hmm. sixth ranger top character, mm-hmm. except it's all built into the main team, so it just really makes nice. it
2: so good. Really nice. It kind of reminds me a little bit of how, like, again, going back to what I know, like, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, you had the Green Ranger who then comes in as the White Ranger, which is like kind of being like Green Ranger was sort of at the weird, like, bottom of the hierarchy because he was really smart and strong, but he could also turn it any minute. Like, we can't fully trust you then as a white ranger it's like all right you vanquished your demons and also you seem to be the most powerful ranger but like red is still the leader of the team but then white is it's sort of like they're sharing spotlight in a way Mm -hmm. um it's interesting how they play with like the power dynamics there i liked at the end of um this episode where you're speaking to like blue being a, a stronger character he's like they're like, let's play basketball. He's like, what's basketball? And they're like, oh, shit, going to beat the hell out of you. And then he, like, basically winks and does some, like, Harlem Globetrotter shit, like, starts spinning <laughs> the basketball in his finger. Like, ah, going to own him later. Um, and I thought that was a nice little bit of character.
1: Yeah, TJ, he's not so serious about everything that he can't play a harmless prank.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's he can joke good. about something that just happened. Yeah.
0: Yup. yep. yep. Um, I think the the worst part about the Green Ranger, though, in and the White Ranger in the second season, is just the fact that like Rocky was a terrible replacement for Jason as Red Ranger. So like realistically, it made Tommy, uh, the leader of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, negating yeah, like Rocky's point. whole existence, at least for those seasons until Zio, where he just acts like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got another banger. This is the Carlos
1: featurette again with always a chance. This one was the one that I had to stand up for when we were debating like which of the two Carlos centric episodes that we liked more. I love this. Like it's very fan service and I like good fan service and this was great fan service. <laughs> so I, I had to get a kick out of this episode. But it wasn't just good fan service. The storytelling of it was good on the level of the episode. And it was also really good on the meta level. This this really like kind of tied together some themes in a way. And so I really appreciate it. I will say really quickly, for the sake of time, I am going to recap this one a little faster. Astronoma basically uh, sends down this thing, Liz Wizard, to attack the Rangers. Liz Wizard's thing is that, like, he has this, like, place swapping ability where he hits you with his tongue and then swaps places with you. And he does that with Cassie, and Carlos is bringing down the Lunar Lance in this big leaping strike, right, as that happens, and hits Cassie with it. And he hurts her badly. Honestly, Um, this, like, hyper strike was, like, meant to kill. Yeah, this was meant to destroy the monster. Like, this... And and he hits Cassie with it, and it's like, you have to wonder if, like, maybe it didn't, like, do more damage because he pulled it at the last second, or maybe it's just by the chance of, like, the place swapping making the strike just not hit is true, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's crazy, in a way, <laughs> to think about, I don't know. But he is shook by it, he is, shook. like,
2: really, really, really... His fist, it's actually kind of funny, he holds it up and it's just like shaking, just like vibrating, like, oh, I almost hurt my friend. He's well, he really he almost upset. killed his friend. More or yeah, less. Yeah, killed his friend, yeah, he definitely really hurt his friend
1: yeah or maybe like even if not killed like this could have been like a crippling wound because like the power rangers get the shit beaten out of them all the time all the time and they rarely rarely like make a big deal out of like the extent to which the shit has been beaten out of them enough to go to like the med bay or do anything serious about it most of the time they take a beating they just head back to the ship and they're basically fine after like they're sore but they're like yeah we'll do some stretching we'll eat a good meal We'll feel better tomorrow, you know? Lost my Um, memory for an hour. It's fine. It's fine. Even that, I mean, he goes to the med bay in that episode, and even that, it's not something that happens all the time. You know, they just, they don't always, you know, a lot of times they just take some bruises and move on. So for Cassie to, like, be in the infirmary and everyone to be concerned about her, and then for her to have her arm in a sling for most of the episode and, like, obviously be, like, having trouble using it, like, this is a serious wound that like the power rangers don't normally get so the fact that it weighs on carlos feels appropriate in terms of like you you get it like not necessarily that it feels appropriate that he feel that he should feel so shitty about himself but like you get why he does you understand why he feels so guilty right away
2: yeah he and- almost does take it a little bit far you get the sense like by the time he left pink's feeling like uh, a little worse than he, when he was there. He was just like, "Oh, I can't believe I just... I'm so..." Uh, and then he runs out, and she's like, "Ah, I hope he. I hope he. I hope he's okay." Yeah, and Carlos
0: ends up enlisting the help of his former Adam mentor, Park. Yep, Adam Park, <laughs> who was also a Green Ranger and was also a Black Ranger. Yep. And you're like, holy shit. But then I was also like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't get rid of Carlos and replace him with Adam. Please, 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 please don't. Please don't.
1: (laughs) You did it when we were watching it. You were really afraid of that.
0: They they did that before. You know, it's like Billy all of a sudden becomes an old man. Oh, can't be the gold rager because of X plot device. Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's just like, yeah. No, I hear you. But turned out to be all good. Yes, it did. Instead, what we got treated to was Adam basically training Carlos to be able to trust his instincts over his eyes. And And uh, a lot of
1: it's physical, but there's also this really interesting, and this is the part that honestly appealed to me a little bit more, kind of emotional aspect where Adam's kind of reaching out and this is also, like, this is, like, kind of that meta plot that I was talking about. Adam is reaching out and saying, listen, like, I was kind of the troubled ranger <laughs> when I was there. It's okay. You know, like, it's it's okay. Like, you don't have to be perfect. You can, you can find yourself somewhat while being a ranger. Um, you don't have to be fully formed and perfect and able to do everything already to wield this power
0: yep and alpha five was the one that helped set up this whole situation so alpha five is kind of also like monitoring carlos to make sure that everything is okay and adam is like i wish i could morph again and be a ranger again and i'm like no don't do it
1: and that's when he do reveals- not
0: do not treat my boy carlos
1: like this <laughs> But he does reveal something that I, lo- I love because I didn't have the same peers as Scrab. Um, <laughs> which is that Adam has the and I mean, I would have been upset if they replaced Carlos. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't I wasn't as worried about it. But they but Adam reveals that he still has the original MMPR Mastodon Morpher.
0: Yeah, I wonder how much it's worth, too, because this one was specially made to appear cracked in a specific way it looks way.
1: cool it looks cool like it looks like beat to hell and fucked up like yeah. this total relic from the past and it's just like a great thing for like doing a throwback like that to have this item that looks so archaic and like almost destroyed and um,
0: Al- alpha five
1: tells adam yo like you can't morph if you morph it could kill you Uh, Yeah, Alpha freaks out because the thing is is that, so we don't exactly understand how the power coins work, but it seems like the power coin either provides some of the power for the morphing or acts as a safe conduit to the morphing grid or something like that. And it makes it so that like using the morpher is not as dangerous as it could be otherwise. We know that morphing in general is a little dangerous. Just period. We know this. Something about like the combination of Morpher plus Power Coin was like reduce the danger to acceptable levels, right? The problem is the Power Coins have been destroyed. This is why Alpha freaks out instantly. The Power Coins have been destroyed, so Adam technically has a workable Morpher, but it's like it's like he no longer has the right filters or something. It's like a, it's like having an electronic device that requires its own transformer when plugged into the wall to be safe. And you don't have that transformer and it's plugged in anyway and it's running, but it could like blow up or start a fire.
0: Yeah, yeah. And on top of this, uh, Carlos is just not vibing with the training as well. Like they go through this whole trading montage and it seems like there's progress, but Carlos just can't get over the fact that he caused that sort of trauma to Cassie.
1: Cassie is like doing her best to just be like, no, no, Carlos, it's not that bad, but she's obviously really injured every time like he comes back to the ship. She's, like, struggling to do normal stuff. And, like, Carlos is like, fuck. Like, it's just, like, he's, he's not really feeling that much better. And Adam's really trying to help him see it. What ends up happening, I'm sure you can already guess this, and, of course, a lot of you have already watched this before you listen to our takes, is that Liz Wiz attacks after Carlos decides that he can no longer be a Power Ranger. So Carlos resigns basically everyone tries to talk him out of it but he's just he's too in his feelings and he can't even he can't even hear anybody you know like it doesn't matter when anybody's saying it doesn't matter who's saying it the words are just bouncing off of him he's he's too he's too lost in this feeling of shame and it's over for him he can't even he he just feels like he can't come back from it and he ends up telling adam at the park hey like he shows up and adam's like oh heck yeah I, I wasn't sure you were going to make it. I thought maybe you'd bail out, but I showed up. Let's train, you know? And, like, props, this is, like, I really love Adam in this moment. It's, like, Carlos already told him that he wasn't going to keep training with him. But what did Adam show up do? Show up to the next training session, set everything up, and just vibe. Just wait. And you get the impression Adam probably been waiting there for, like, an hour. And he doesn't care. He'll wait there for, like, three or four hours before he takes off. You know,
0: yeah. Adam is genuinely just trying to help him out. And the the cool thing about this, though, is that like, Carlos, when the quantum box and astronomer sends down the monster to go face off against the Liz the Liz Wizard, Adam transforms into his Mighty Morphin Black uh, outfit, and uh, you know he's he's put up a fair fight but he's struggling to keep it up. Unfortunately, it keeps phasing in and out, and so he eventually like runs out, but it gives time for Alpha 5 to give back the in-space morpher to Carlos. And so Carlos is then able to transform, and him and Adam are like basically like fucking them up and going at it back and forth, and it's an awesome combo fight. Honestly, just great stuff all around. Such a good crossover event, you know, between the series.
1: Yeah, and Adam is obviously struggling to, like, handle the morphing powers. Like, they're not working quite right for him. And at times, they're, like, not working when he needs them to. At other times, they're working, but they're hurting him. It's a, it's a bad situation. Props to Alpha here for, like, kind of taking charge and bringing the morpher. Alpha
0: 5 has um, been more of a caretaker really,
1: this season than before. Really strong this season. Just really strong character this season. For sure. So the Rangers do, of course, win. Carlos um, ends
0: up striking the Liz Wizard with his instincts. And able Because Liz Wiz uh, tries to pull it off again. Yeah. With putting Adam in front so he would strike Adam. But instead, Carlos comes through with the instincts. Slashes through Wiz, destroys him. And then Estrada was all like, Whoa, make my monster grow. And there's a giant kaiju fight. We know how those things go. Nothing in particular that different from this one. Rangers win. Estrada gets all pouty about it. It's celebrated that Carlos is back. And he's gotten over his trauma. And it's all thanks to Adam.
1: Well, it's not all thanks. But Adam definitely... Adam was like the solid friend who is just there and wants to take care of you in your time of need? yeah, like, just 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 giving it up for the homie. it's a it's a really great. It's a really it's touching, honestly. Like the way Adam sells it too is really good. and the way Carlos sells it, like both those actors playing those roles, like Carlos really sells the like upset frustration, like internal turmoil that like is preventing him from like learning the lesson easily. And Adam really sells the like, you know, um, I I get where you're coming from more than you know, and I just want to help. Like kind of like just just really honest friendship. It's a really it's just a really it's an episode that it's hard not to enjoy. And also like this is the kind of episode that you would no bulk to, too. to show to a kid here, learn something from this. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's just really, it's just really nice stuff on every level. The Most wholesome of vibes all throughout. Like you say, he gets the killing blow that he really wanted. He uses his instincts. He outsmarts Liz Wiz. Carlos, he sees that he was wrong. He also like, they all kind of rush to take care of Adam, but Adam turns out to be relatively okay. You know, Adam and Carlos just like, hug it out and that's basically the end it's just like a really it's just like one of the most feel good episodes of the Power Rangers ever pretty much
0: yeah and it's really well done it expands the universe of the Rangers too and like how the morphers work and how the morphing grid works as well so I think that added aspect of course plays into like why it's one of our favorites on top of just Carlos just knocking it out of the park yet again like with every time we do this we have a stinker I'm not going to say that this is the worst episode, and we're not going to really recap it because we know why we hate this episode, and
1: it's not for like I will ah, I yes will extremely lightly be willing to recap this. I am not going to fucking get into all the details because I cannot be made to care enough. Okay, to explain the entire goddamn plot of this. Fucking horse shit. So The episode
0: (laughs) is true blue to the rescue. And the reason why it's a stinker is because this is a Justin-focused episode. A.K.A. the worst ranger of all time. And somehow is brought back to this show for an episode to uh, conclude some plot threads, I
1: suppose. It just sucks. And here's the thing. This season really excels at bringing together the meta plot and doing it in a way that like, if you haven't seen a bunch of the show, you're not going to be put off by all this stuff. But if you have seen a lot of the show, there's a lot of like fan service and meta plot stuff. A lot of the villains from previous seasons make frequent appearances. Um, Rangers from various seasons make appearances. The Phantom Ranger is here. Adam is here. They fucking cross over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In this season. Like, this is a lot of stuff going on, and it's overall really good. So you could kind of understand how they ended up in this situation of thinking this might be a good idea, but also, no, fuck you. Yeah, we really didn't
0: need Justin fan service. What I did understand was, was that, like, well, no, actually, I did understand. I think right off the jump, I knew this was going into my worst episode when Justin... Uh, was reminiscing about his old times as a power ranger as the episode begins and like it flashes back to just outrageous scenes from turbo that made no fucking sense and he's like ah remember when i broke the whole show that was fun i wish i could do that some more
2: like come on (laughs) no it was great for me as an ignorant watcher because i'm just like all right somewhere this like middle school kid is just reflecting fondly on his good friends the power rangers i'm like all right what sort of like kid sidekick thing is this and then seeing him fucking turn into a ranger later i'm like oh oh okay there is something here i do not know
1: yeah he is a ranger throughout all of turbo and it's not the only reason turbo sucks but god is it high on the list there's a long list yeah, of Turbo reasons all why Turbo sucks, like
2: right? the Kid Ranger,
1: he's the only one. Honestly, if they had done all kids for a season, it probably would have worked better. It probably that would have been I, great. It it, it would have been frustrating in its own ways, but it would have worked better than just having four semi adults with this one middle schooler they fucking hang out with, who's just ruining everything. Okay.
2: Um, who grows big when he transforms, but you can still hear a kid's voice coming out of his helmet. And like, whatever you do, do not take off your helmet. I do not want to see what you look like. I do not want to see what sort of like large baby is well, in would there. When you take off
0: the helmet, you go back down in size. So there's like scenes in Turbo where uh, Justin's in a Blue Ranger outfit with his helmet to the side. And he's carrying it, and you realize, wow, this guy's like five foot two, and is a Power
2: Ranger yeah, at the it looks age weird. of twelve. And yeah, making props, like youngest member ever, like cool.
0: Yeah, but... I mean, like, I, I honestly, Kennedy, like, if you even if you like, the 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 biggest issue with this episode is that it keeps getting juxtaposed with like all the shit that's in in space, and in space is so much better, right? This is like that Common Writer Rewa movie that we watched, where it's just like, yeah, Zeo is, like, horrendous, right? And you could tell off of the acting and all the other bullshit that's happening on screen. And Zero One is, like, the best Common Writer. So, like, when it's juxtaposed between the two, it just makes the previous one seem so much more awful.
1: Yeah. I will say that there are a number, like... This is not the worst episode of Power Rangers oh. we've ever seen, in spite of Justin being here, or anything like that. Like, it's not there a bad are, watch. There are a number of aspects of this episode that are, like, well-constructed. Um, I, I also, like, I like that um, Justin is sort of naturally drug into things, rather than just sort of, like like... What would have made this much, much worse, in my opinion, is if Justin just like showed up on the ship. Hey, guys, it's Justin time! What's up? I came to just hang out for no reason. That would have been extremely infuriating. Um, I like that at least they came up with a kind of a clever way of bringing Justin in. It felt very cinematic in a lot of ways, and I I did like that plot hook. I also liked some other things... Like I liked uh, Diva talks and Astronoma bitching at each other. That was there was some really fun stuff with that because two very good actresses. I think Astronoma's performance this season has been really good overall. I'll talk more about that in the season review, of course. Um, And uh, like they both just sell this like this like cattiness. Um And there are two different behaviors around it really well. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I had no idea what was going on, but I'm like, I'm here for Space Wasp Mom and Space Rebellious Malgoth Kid to have it out right now. Yeah, like, all right, what else? you're Skyping with your mom on this scene coming in. That's, I guess it's happening. That's fine. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe.
1: Mom's checking on you in college. You're like, I'm fine, mom. Fuck off. Mom's like, you spent a little much on my credit card last month.
2: You're like, Jesus, get out of my business. (laughs) But they're both villains, so she's like, hey, I need you to go get this thing for me. And she's like, unless I take it for myself. Like, ah, I hate you. He's like, me, 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 me. Click.
1: And then, yeah, like I was saying, the way like Mountain Blaster kind of shows up and sort of like, Justin is sort of like naturally drawn into like a quick return to being a Power Ranger temporarily and helping out, there, there was a good, like, natural cinematicness to the way that was done that made it, like, it's an easy watch, but it's not super enjoyable. And just because Justin sucks so much and this season is so good, we had to call this one the worst. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's unfortunate, too, because realistically, this is, like, a 6 out of 10, right? But, like, think about that. The worst episode is like a six
1: <laughs> Like like, why if, if you're gonna do some fan service Why not bring back like Tommy? Jason.
2: as like a turbo
1: Yeah, or like Jason in the gold ranger outfit somehow or so I don't know something cooler than Trey of stuff. Triforia
0: Literally Give me, anybody Trey
1: I'll take Trey and I am a Trey hater
0: <laughs> You out here Trey um
1: i even like the episodes with the phantom ranger even though like the phantom ranger thing still never really goes anywhere if the episodes with the phantom ranger even are fine compared to this like the the episodes with the phantom ranger like if you give up on the idea that the phantom ranger is going to go anywhere the episodes with phantom ranger are good like it's like oh yeah the mystery ranger he's here he's you know, he's contributing some mysterious plots. It's actually it's a lot better than in Turbo for sure, where like the Phantom Ranger thing kind of drags on and doesn't make sense. Here he just kind of shows up a little bit and it's like, woo, mystery ranger. And it's it's actually like it's it's a much better if we're never gonna find out who he is, do it like this at least. This is better. Justin, no, don't bring that. Bring anyone else back. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. Ada, what did you think about this rewatch of Power Rangers? Or at least this is your first time watching it space.
2: So what do you think about uh, this yeah. watch of Power Rangers I mean, in space? Clearly a lot has happened. Um, I sort of had the benefit of watching the... It's like, I don't know. It's like I was into Pokemon when there were 250 only. And then I came back a few years later. I'm like, Pokemon number 789... What? What? What's going on here? So there's a little bit of that, but I could see the you know, it was nice to compare the two series in my head because you know, you you do a union between the two sets and you're like, all right, this is what this is what Power Rangers is. I can I can see the common elements here. It's about teamwork, it's about camaraderie, it's about uh becoming like a bigger, better fighting force when you work together. Um, it's about really cool technology, it's about really weird villains and really histrionic, melodramatic uh mega villains. Um, and it's about little bits of fan service here. It's here for those few moments where if you're a diehard watcher, you'll be like, oh, that was fucking rad. Um, as evidenced by you two. So, yeah, I liked it. I might, uh, I might go back and watch a few. I might, I want to go back and see the TMNT crossover because they uh, recapped, they alluded to that in the first one I watched. I guess I watched the episode after and was like, what? What? It's a a fun episode.
0: It's a fun episode with a really jarring scene in it. You'll understand what we mean when you watch it. Yes.
2: <laughs> but yeah, good times. And I'm uh, thankful for being given uh, the opportunity to uh, to do this. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. Where can people find you online? People can find me. Sorry, there's some noise going around here. People can find me online at Twitter, uh, on Twitter mostly, um, at uh, Miss Powads, M-S-P-O-W-A-H-S. Um, and I also pop on other Not Safe Media streams and various podcasts here and there. So um, find me on Twitter or just type Ada Powers in Twitter. You'll find me there. Um, and I'm around. Awesome. Thank you so much,
0: Ada, for coming on. Thanks. Take care. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.